Hello and welcome to Solid Steps Radio. I am Chad Russell. That is Kurt Souter. He is with Further Still Ministries, and we are a show for men by men, talking about things from a dude's perspective. And uh, we know we have lots of ladies who listen, but guys, we're primarily talking to you as our audience, and we believe that here on Solid Steps, that if you are living out your destiny as a man, it is including a walk with Jesus Christ. And we want to be a tool in your toolbox of life. And we're just uh, walking alongside of you. There's a lot of voices out in the world talking, uh, some good, some bad. But we want to be just a voice that points you to the voice. And uh, hopefully we can be something that uh, you can help strengthen you in your walk with God. So we're going to have a little bit of kind of not word of association but music association i'm going to play a song and you tell me what you what you think about okay kurt you're looking at me with this look of oh fear my, on your oh face my, right like I, okay I, here I we never. go Let, let's see if the listeners they can even hear this here we go ready all right so what was that from i i think that was uh rudolph the red nose no Rainier. not even close <laughs> That is from mission. Mission yes, Impossible. Mission this Impossible. is your mission if you choose to accept it, right? That's like they've got a new Mission Impossible coming out this summer, depending on when you hear this. Uh, how many, how, there's been how many? Oh, four or five. Tom yeah. Cruise has really done a great job with that, I thought. But anyway, so um, Mission Impossible. When people think of the word mission, they think of Mission Impossible, spies. They think of James Bond. This is your mission if you choose to accept it. This is your mission. <laughs> And so today we're talking about missions, but we're not talking about that type of mission. When you hear the word mission in church world, faith-based, that word mission, a lot of times you think about uh, over there, a lot of people way over there, hidden in a jungle or in a ghetto or in, out in the plains of someplace else. And that has not a lot to do with us. But today we're going to bring that here and how do we take that and make that an integral part of our life. We're talking to a couple guys who have been on dozens and dozens of mission trips and how that has affected them personally. So, well, first of all, Chad, so you, you, you went on a mission trip how many yeah. years ago? Um, 16 mm-hmm. years ago. It was, I think, 2002. I went to Cuba, I think three or four years in a row. And so my, like, I was new to the faith, and, and I think a year later, I went to Cuba. And I thought I was going to be like, you know, like smuggled into the country kind of thing. I thought it was like, ooh, Cuba, social, you know, communism, and it was going to be this. It was, it was this perception of what I thought it was going to be. And the truth is, I walked into it kind of arrogant. Why I would be arrogant, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I have nothing to be arrogant about. But as a new believer, I thought, well, I'm, we're going to go to Cuba, and we're going to show them how it's done. That was my mindset. I mean, I, again, I was a child spiritually uh, as a 29-year-old, but still spiritually a child. And I thought, well, we're going to go in here and show them how it's done. And I went to Cuba and just totally got knocked over about how I was taught way more than I was ever going to teach them. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's amazing how we can be, if we go with a teachable spirit, how much we can be... Mm. Uh, taught and, and learned from so many people around the world. So we've got two guests here. You guys have been, you know, on multiple, multiple, multiple mission trips. David Hetty, welcome to the show. Thank you. It's great to have you. David Hetty Jr. Jr., that's right. We just call you Jr. And uh, Blake Shively, welcome to the show. Thanks. I appreciate it, Kurt. Yeah. So, so you guys, I mean, you've been on multiple mission trips. I, what I want to know is, tell me, how in the world did you go on your first one? Mm-hmm. Shoulder tapped. At a 
gentlemen, older gentlemen come up to me and say, hey, I need you to do this with me. And uh, I like the challenge. Really? So, yep. So yep. How, how many years ago? Oh, you don't want to know that. <laughs> 40? <laughs> 40 years ago. Uh-huh. It, 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 was the guy Russ Summy? Um, no, he wasn't. He was a deacon at a church and um, just had a heart for the people he was going to and uh, didn't didn't travel the world. It was within the same state, and he just uh, saw something in me that uh, that I didn't see. Really? Uh-huh. And so he just said, hey, come with me. I want you to experience. How long was it a missions trip? Uh, three days. Three days? Yeah. Really? Three yeah. days in the same state, uh-huh. just working with uh, kind of folks? Yep. Helping People them. that didn't have, couldn't take care of, didn't understand, but he was teaching them um, health and uh, care and responsibility, and uh, we went with a group of uh, five of us. And what what in the world did you do? Uh, being the rookie on the team, you just I watched. Uh, swung a hammer and a paintbrush. So Nice. Yep, yep. Nice. But, but I got to see the relationships that they built. That was what I learned on that first trip. I was the work guy, but I got to see what these gentlemen meant to the people we were we were with. You, you got to see the heart behind what was yep. really happening. Absolutely, with these folks. Yep. Wow, that's uh, that's good stuff. Um, David, you have a unique story <laughs> because you. Um, I mean, both of you have unique stories, but David, your dad and your mom. Tell us what happened. So it was my senior year in high school. And they, uh, they set me down and said, uh, we feel like God's called us to Haiti. And I looked at them and I said, how do you know he hadn't called you to Tahiti or Hawaii? You know, why, why Haiti? <laughs> the spelling on it. Right? And, and, you know, my dad owned two businesses at the time. I thought I was going to go away, go to school, come back, take over the businesses. My life was set, you know, and, and planned. And he said, we're going to sell the businesses and we're going to leave you the house. And uh, they packed up everything in a 40-foot U-Haul and went. To, drove down to Florida and loaded everything on a plane and went to Haiti and two days sick. after I graduated. They waited till I graduated. Yeah. So, so they, 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 <laughs> told, they told you that bef- uh, in, in, during your senior year? During my senior year, yeah. Did you, did you, I mean, did you kind of freak out a little bit? Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was like the silver spoon being pulled from me. I mean, you know, we had show horses. We, I mean, I had the life. And... And all of a sudden, I, you know, it was me and the dog in the house, you know. And um, but, you know, my dad had never even he didn't even own a passport. And somebody came to our church, you know, a missionary wanting to build a hospital in Haiti. And he asked my dad to go. And my dad went just to see what they needed to build it. He comes back. He doesn't say anything. And I'm like, wow, this is weird. And then a month later, he takes my mom back and they come back and they don't say anything finally they sit me down they go we think god's calling us to haiti and that's and and they were they were there how long 34 years 34 years full-time missionaries to haiti yeah and Mm. so your first missions trip was to To, where to haiti to go see my parents (laughs) i hadn't seen them in a year and i'll never forget that first trip i go and they at that time they lived up in the north and it was like four hours into haiti and uh, up north and and they said, we've met the mayor here, and we've become friends with him, and he's going to take you out on his sailboat. And I'm thinking, this is awesome. I'm 18. I'm going out on a sailboat in the Caribbean. And uh, Dad said, he asked the mayor, said, well, are you going? He goes, oh, no, no, no. And I thought, well, this is kind of weird, you know. And so we get out there, and I promise you, it's a 10-foot wooden boat. 
and there's two Haitians, my parents and I, and one of them is bailing while the other one's paddling. And I see us going out and I'm thinking, okay, I can swim from here. I don't know if my parents can make it back to shore, but I can make it. But that was my Haitian cruise for the <laughs> Caribbean cruise for the first trip. Oh my golly. Okay. And so, um, so, so at, at that time, had you, were you in college? No, no. I, I was, well, I was taking night school, you know, stuff and I had to go get a job, you know. So, yeah. Wow. And that was the first trip of you you've been oh, you've been, been back and forth to Haiti 20 over 25 times probably yeah and every time when you go back to Haiti how how many times have you gone by yourself and how many times have you taken folks with you i've probably taken 20 teams and probably you know so i've been five or six times by myself but taking teams that's my heart i love to take people who've never been well okay why why well one i mean it it just gives them a whole different outlook. You know, I love They all think, oh, we're going to go do something or I, I've got to be skilled to go do something. And it's never what you do there. It's what God does inside you. That's what I love to see. So, you know, they have this game plan. They, they think they're going to go down. Oh, and, think, you know, Haiti is a, you know, poor country. Right. Compared to America. And they think they're going to go down there and they're going to do something. Mm-hmm. And you go, oh, God's got a plan for you. Yeah, they're all concerned, like, well, what's our game plan? What are we going to do? And I go, well, we really won't know until we get there, you know. <laughs> and things can change and all. And they're, you know, they're so gung-ho. And I'm like, you just got to be flexible. But then it's amazing how, you know, what we planned or prepared for changes, but God, you know, shows up and just touches our heart. And, and so when they, when they leave you really see a, a life change. Oh, totally. Yeah. That's the power of a mission trip. Mm-hmm. It really is. Yeah. Uh, and that's, 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 that's exciting. So we're going to take a break and uh, come back here shortly. And we're going to talk the next three segments with Blake and Dave, David about mission trips, specific mission trips they've been on, uh, funny stories, uh, moving stories, uh, talk about maybe mission trips that didn't go quite as planned. And what does that mean? What is a mission trip? What is the mission of a mission trip? And we're going to talk about how not only internationally, do you have to get in a plane and fly hours over large bodies of water to do missions? And the truth is, no, you can do missions in your neighborhood. Well, what does that mean and how does that affect us? And we're going to hear about uh, all these stories and, and more uh, on the next few segments. So Come back and we thank you for listening on Solid Steps Radio. Welcome back to our second segment of Solid Steps Radio. Chad Russell and Kurt Souter. We are here with David and Blake and we are talking missions, uh, missions, trips, specifically internationally, but also how that can relate to here locally and how international mission trips affect us here locally. And uh, if you are on mission to find a good lending institution, aha, I know one, LNN Credit Union. They are a local federal credit union and they've been around for decades. And as far as uh, locations, they're all over the city of Louisville and Kentuckyana and they offer auto loans, mortgages, credit cards, uh, you name it, name it, checking accounts, internet, mobile banking, they are your local lender. And also we want to thank Vision First. They are uh, 
our eye care provider on our show officially. I'm blind as a bat. I was rooting around finding. I can't find my glasses, by the way. I lost my vision first glasses. You need to go see Rod somewhere Rollo. around the house. So I'm going to go try to find those glasses first <laughs> before I go see Rod Rollo. But you know, Vision First are all over the state of Kentucky and in Southern Indiana. So Vision First, we thank both them and Ellen and Credit Union for being sponsors of our show. You know, Chad, I remember um, when you talk about this whole missions experience. I remember. Uh, I had never been, my goodness, hardly out of the state of Illinois. I mean, or, you know, it, that's not fully true, but I mean, not I, I just. But when I was a a freshman at Moody Bible Institute, people asked me to go to Indonesia. I'm like, oh my goodness, and Indonesia. I was there for almost a full summer, and it was. I'm living in the jungle. There's crocodiles running around, and there's just. I mean, it's it's like wild and crazy. Um, but it was so life-changing. It, 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 to this day, 30 years later, it continues to influence mm. my life because of uh, the difficulties and because of the, just the culture and how different it is than how we live many times in America. Mm. So um, David and Blake, I, talk to our listeners about maybe, maybe one of your favorite trips that you've taken uh go ahead blake i favorite comes in a lot of different flavors um <laughs> i think uh i think personally the favorite trip would be the one that that uh, we most get to experience the spirit being present where we get to see the most uh activity outside of things we even planned and uh, uh total surprise total surprises were in a developing country and we've got 24 high schoolers and in preparation we had we meet several times to get the team together and understand what we're doing and uh, we ordered lunch we were together for six hours uh, after church one day and the, the lunch got delivered but not to us and so we went six hours without a meal we're going okay lord this is kind of weird but we did it and the kids were great you know and so we get on the field and we get up in the morning and the Half of the youth. Are you still hungry? Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Always. So then we we go on the trip. We go overseas after this this meal's ordered in our preparation meeting. We we go overseas then a few weeks later. And every morning the youth would prepare lunches for everyone and put them in a bag. And then we would prepare food for those we were going to see, rice and oil and so forth, some basic staples. We get out of the pickup truck and they grabbed the food for the people we're going to see and also grabbed the the bags of food for us and distributed all of it to the people. And so we're out all day. Again, our food has been given away, didn't know it. We come back for lunch, we all meet, and our like, food's gone again. Like, where's, like where's, where's the beef? That's right. That's exactly <laughs> right. And so the youth were great. They, they never could. They said, look, the youth even said, God prepared us for this. Remember when we didn't get the lunch in our meeting? Before we left, here we are, we're sitting on this rock in a de- uh, dry riverbed, and we don't have food again. But no problem with them. They were great. We went 12 hours, didn't eat, got back. They were hungry that night. But again, just to see how the youth responded to that was excellent, and to see how they were prepared and could see God's hand in that. How did you handle all that? Mm, I was proud of of the youth and thankful to God for the providence of being in a safe place that we could uh, could be that way and being able to find water mm. because that's part of what was given away. So we were able to uh, to find some water so we could at least have that. Wow. So, yeah. 
and, and it, it had to be just enlightening for those kids that there's people that experience this not just once a week mm. they experience this regularly oh yeah i mean i mean like yeah they see um to hear our partners to see the people we're ministering with in these different places share stories just like this and say in that moment they say god must have prepared you for this to happen and one of the you say yes they did we we actually didn't get a lunch when we were back in the states when we were meeting just to prepare for this and the, the our partner there being able to to raise that and just know god's hand was at work and the youth being able to say yeah he was and and uh did you did, did you sense what uh, throughout a, a a real gratefulness yes in the kids' hearts like well, how blessed we have been mm-hmm. in the states yep we sat and sang um we thanked him for our water and uh wow uh, we were sitting in this beautiful place that um that just looked like his creation and was and we just worshiped him in that time it was a it was just a a spirit-filled hour of no food fasting if you will undesignated and a great time for the kids to see we were you know what we can go without food and do this what country was that that was in kenya Mm. You know, I, you know, I think at times um, when Jesus said, I have food that you do not know of mm. in, in John chapter four, and it's do, to do the will of God and there's no food and there's something better than a great meal. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, we and we in America, we love to eat, um, but there's something even more, yep. more life giving. Mm-hmm. David, yes. uh, I'm sorry, go ahead. Yeah, no, you're good. David, talk to us about um, one of your favorite experiences um, on a short-term missions trip. Yeah, so probably my most uh, valued experience that, that I saw was um, I was at a hospital where one of my best friends had passed away. And uh, I see his dad over in the corner you know, just crying and, and he's all alone. And so I'd never met him. So I go over there and, and, um, uh, I talked to him and, and I wanted to tell him some Matt stories, you know, to, and I said, you know, I, I, t- I took Matt on a, on a mission trip, uh, six years ago. And I said, I took 12 guys and my dad said, leave Matt and take the rest back with you. Matt just fit right in. And he he st- he stopped crying and he started smiling and he goes you know Matt always told me to go get a passport he wanted to take me on a mission trip and I I never did and I said well we can fix that and so during I, the funeral I, I have connections down yeah, in Haiti I think we can do this <laughs> and so you know we talked kind of during the funeral and I go well what if we went and drilled a well in Matt's honor you know that, he goes yeah I would love that and I said well let's start praying about it and and so. Several months later, we start putting a team together, and we get uh, Matt's son to go, uh, Matt's aunt to go. I mean, we had several family members, and so he and his wife and the whole family get together. And and my dad said, "Well, you know, we really have a need for this uh, to build a church up in the up in the mountains, and it's it's the capital of where Voodoo originated from. It's a horrible area, just probably darkness. the highest unchurched, yeah, darkness, very, very darkness." And um, I said, well, you know, maybe we could raise enough to start a footer or something, you know, like how much would that cost, you know? And so dad gives me that number. And so I share it with the team. And 
and they come back excited every week going, this stranger just heard about our trip and he just gave us $3,000. And I mean, the money just kept coming in where we not only built the whole church and put pews, we even furnished a generator for them and hired the pastor. Mm. I mean, it was amazing. And they would come back so excited about how total strangers would just show up and said, I want to be a part of this, or I knew Matt, you know. And so that Sunday when we dedicated that church, I, I stood up and I, I just looked out at all the, you know, we had a team of, there were 20 of us, and how God had used each one of them and had they had touched the lives of someone else there, what it represented there, you know, and how Matt's life touched that many people, that here we are standing in a church that, would have never been built without you know those people hearing from the Lord. You're talking about Matt Davidson, and um, when Matt died, he was my worship pastor at the time. We mm-hmm. worked very closely together, and when after he passed, you know, just suddenly, 36 years old, um, God used that to spearhead a movement in in here in Kentuckyana, and then and then down in Haiti, and used that and the generosity of folks to really transform and help bring Christ into a dark area of the world. Yeah. Um, what was the hardest part about that trip? Well, that's a, that's a tough question. I, I mean, one, when you, when you take people who've never been out of the country, that's, that's tough, you know, to begin with, but I knew we were spiritually, you know, we were going to be under assault for this trip. I knew that, you know, like just starting out before we even got out of the Louisville airport, I had two girls detained because they had stuff in their suitcase they weren't supposed to. Uh, Then we get to Miami and another one was pulled because her passport had expired. And, and, And so it was like. I, I knew then we were in for something good because all these things that we thought we had prepared for were going wrong. You know, uh, I had one kid get sick. <laughs> so, uh, you know, it just things like that. But he ate too much. So that's why he got sick. <laughs> <laughs> well, I tell you what, we're going to come back and hear some more stories about mission trips. We're also going to hear about uh, how you listening, yes, you. Uh, can be involved in missions and and yes writing checks and praying is part of that process but actually how you listening can go on a mission trip whether it's in your neighborhood or maybe across the pond as they say so we're going to take a break hear more from Blake and David about mission trips on Solid Steps Radio Welcome back to our third segment of Solid Steps Radio. We're talking about missions. And if your mission is to make sure your toilet works, <laughs> that was so bad, and you have a septic system, <laughs> then you need to call somebody who's on mission to make sure your septic system works. And that is no, no none other than Frank Enterprises. Those guys over at Frank Enterprises have been doing this for 20 plus years. So if you have a septic system, I was talking to somebody this week buying a house and they say, we've never had a septic tank. I know somebody to call, and it was gonna be Frank Enterprises to come out and inspect your septic system. So if you have any septic issues or land drainage issues, and you need water to go from here to there, Frank Enterprises does that. And we also wanna thank Bright Star Home Care. They are an absolute essential part of today's changing culture that says, how do we make the transition from your loved ones who are living independently 
to needing some dependence, whether it's in-home care, visitation, uh, just grocery shopping, or they may need full-blown 100% care to be able to survive on their own in regards to living. Um, Bright Star Home Care does that, and we thank both of them for being sponsors of our show. We're talking about mission trips, and you know, my first mission trip was to Cuba back in 2002, and, and I, we shared this at some point, that when I went into that trip, I went into it with just this puffed upness of thinking, I'm gonna, we're gonna go, the Americans are gonna come into this communist country and we're gonna wow them with our spiritual greatness. We're, I'm gonna show you how it's done. And the embarrassment. I just came, I just came to know the Lord, you know, you know oh. recently, and I am going to expound on all my spirituality. Yes, right. So here we come from America, we're gonna show you how to do church. They showed me how to do church. It was totally blown away. They were teaching me. I was learning. And by the end of the week, I'm like, you guys know how to do church. Oh, my goodness. And I don't mean a service. I mean loving your community. We were in Cuban ghettos, knocking on doors, loving people. It was just wonderful. And I was along for the ride. Mm. And uh, I think there's an element of that that could be an element going into mission trips of having the wrong perspective. Well, Chad, you know, our heart and our prayer is that as, as a listener, would you prayerfully consider going on some type of mission experience to broaden your, your horizon of what God is doing around the world? And I, David and Blake, I, I sense that that's really what, what stirred in your hearts uh, David, maybe not when you were 18 year, years old on your first trip, but that's what's happened mm-hmm. in in your hearts and in your lives. You you have seen God at work around the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, Blake, you've had the privilege of being in how uh, uh, I mean, multi uh, dozens of countries. Yes, sir. And um, but we can all approach going on a missions trip kind of kind of the wrong way. Mm. Talk, talk about that a little bit, how we can, uh, it's maybe similar to Chad, but maybe uh, how, how do we, uh, can, we can do a missions trip wrong. Mm. Yeah, we um, had a while back uh, going down to a developing country and going to help finish out a house. Uh, we're there for 10 days, and um as we got there, we were uh, designated tools and, and equipment and materials and never met the owners of the house. Um, worked on the house three or four days and we watched the uh, indigenous, the community, those that lived in the community, watch us build the house. None of them were helping with the house. It was our project and so we did it ourselves. Uh, never met um, the organization that was sponsoring the house and we were there 10 days and left and had no relational contact with any indigenous people there we just worked on the house and uh, that is totally opposite of anything christ showed us in scripture or paul showed us in scripture of relationship and showing christ it's more than just building and leaving something uh tangible for someone when you got on the plane to come back when when did it hit you like we 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 just had a total disconnect i mean yeah we got the house built or whatever but you just you you really struck out we did um when when did that dawn upon you 
it dawned on me during the trip, but again, you're in the situation where you're partnering with someone. We would um, make contact in the evening with some of those around, but again, we were in a compound and not a particularly safe area to go out at night. And so we were essentially prisoners. And so um, it was hard to step outside that role. Um, And so coming back, that was a great deal of the discussion was what happened, what did we miss, what would we do better next time, what's the intent. So developing missions philosophy, if you will. Um, There's a book out called When Helping Hurts. And really, in, in essence, you, you, you helped, but you really didn't empower the people there and leave them in a, you, you, they got a new house, but mm. they needed so much more than that. Yes, and they had no investment in it. Uh, you know how it is raising kids. You can do things for them, but if they don't have an investment in it, uh, then there's no growth. There's no ownership. Uh, we were went to a... Uh, a country over the uh, Atlantic, and there's this beautiful church in this village, and it's not being used. And uh, we see a hole in the roof, and we said, well, why don't you fix this? And they said, well, it's not our church. But it had been built for them 30 years previously. Hmm. But they didn't feel like they owned it because it was built for them, and they still felt like somebody else owned it and should be the ones to repair it. So so what you're saying is to do a missions trip in, in, the, in the wrong way mm-hmm. is to not have a— an empowering attitude, a relationship-building connection. Like, hey, guys, we're not coming here to do stuff for you. We're, we're, we're here to work with you, to love you, and to empower you so that if this is your church. This is your community. This is your group of people. This is your family. Absolutely. You're right on. Absolutely. It's in relationship with them. And they're telling us what they need, not us designating, you need this beautiful 3,000-square-foot church in this village of 200 people. No. What do you really need? You you need a field to plant food in as opposed to a building that they never use. Wow. That's, I mean, that's going in with a very listening spirit, listening heart, and going, we're not the great hope for you. Mm. Jesus is that. David, have you ever experienced um, similar to, to what Blake's talking about? Yeah, I've, I have. And like probably the worst trip I did with the team was my fault is because we were going to paint the school and I had a deadline and I'm like a taskmaster. Man, I am on them. Like, why are you holding that Haitian kid? Put them down and get your paintbrush. <laughs> You know, why are y'all playing kickball? Get over here. I mean, I was horrible. Mm. I really was. And and until my wife, you know, the Holy Spirit, I mean, my wife gave me <laughs> a little tap on the shoulder and goes, you know, but I was so, I knew we had an agenda. You know, I had this all planned out and we had to get it done. And, you know, these kids were wanting to play with the Haitian kids or, you know, hold them. Or, and here I'm thinking, you know, we've got this to do. We got to get going. Mm. So, um, that's that was probably my worst trip. So, mm. so, I mean, so many times we we get so focused on the task, oh. and we miss the relationship. That to me, that's the uh, Chad. What you were talking about, um, what we learn from the folks around the world, that they are mm. many times so much better at relationships mm. than we are. Mm-hmm. 
And, you know, at the end of the day, um, what, what matters? Mm-hmm. Our relationships with people, our relationship with God. Blake, you, you talked in the break about a time after your what, a, a few mission trips. Mm-hmm. And you had a big map of the world. and describe- Thanks for bringing that up, Kurt. I really appreciate that. <laughs> uh, you were humbled. Yes, uh, I was. Let's talk about hum- humility. <laughs> um, yeah, so um, first overseas trip and then second overseas trip and... Um, thought this is pretty cool. It looks like this is going to be a pattern. I could see myself fitting into this, this, this way. And so went and bought a, a four foot by eight foot laminated world map and put it in the basement and put up pins and where I'd started and even the countries I flew through to get there, you know, and, <laughs> and the third trip came home and stood on the couch to put these pins in and was just so convicted of, um, the pride I was taking in what God was allowing me to see and do and took the pins out, uh, removed the map from the wall, rolled it up and took it out to the trash can and threw it away and never tracked any of that again after that. Uh, I mean, what, I mean, so you're, you're, you're ready to put pins on the countries that you have visited. Oh yeah. And, and you sense like this is an ego trip. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah, I was more proud about where I'd just been than maybe what was accomplished. And that's way out of bounds. Wow. Yeah. So it was... Instead of a spirit of prayer, mm-hmm. a spirit of thanksgiving, right. and a spirit of the relationships that we have built and connected with mm-hmm. these folks in different countries, I'm I'm just proud that, hey, I've been to here, here, right. here, and here. Right. Come look in my basement. You, know? <laughs> you can't miss this centerpiece. Yeah. Yeah. This is great. This is great. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for bringing that up. I appreciate that. That's really good. Gosh, you are so arrogant. Oh, I know. Yes, it's true. <laughs> well, we're going to take a break from this humility, and uh, <laughs> we're going we're gonna to come back and talk uh, here on our fourth and final segment of what does all this mean to you? And again, we could have 10 shows with these guys. All the things they've seen and all the places they've been. But what does that mean at the end of the day? What is a mission trip? What's the mission of a mission trip? And how should that change us? And uh, how does that affect these guys on a day-to-day basis of being overseas or being outside of their comfort zone? What does that mean in God's kingdom? So we're going to take a break. We'll be back shortly on Solid Steps Radio. Welcome back to our fourth, unfortunately, and final segment of today's show. We are talking to David and Blake about mission trips. These guys have been to probably over 71 countries. <laughs> I think one's been to like seven. It reminds me of the game that the guy said, I, we, I scored, we scored 64 points, me and Michael Jordan, in one game together. He scored two, and Michael Jordan scored 62. So uh, <laughs> David's been to Haiti dozens of times but that's the only country outside of america he's been to but blake's been to dozens of other countries we're talking to short-term mission uh experts per se i don't want to say experts but experience they've done a lot and and they've seen uh, seen all if you have not caught the whole show we're talking about mission trips go back and listen to it go to facebook soundcloud itunes and just type in Solid Steps Radio, and you can listen to it in its entirety. Thanks to our sponsors, Dan Hart Financial. If you want to have your finances lining up with God's kingdom and be wise with your money, Dan Hart Financial does that. And again, Ellen and Credit Union, we want to thank them for being sponsors of the show. You can also go to furtherstoneministries.org and click on the microphone. You can hear all of our shows in their entirety commercial-free. 
I was sharing on the break some of the humbling stories that happened. Uh, when I went over to Cuba the few times, and I've only been to one country as well, so uh, Cuba, and, and it was uh, the humbling of, of I, I, there's a frequency over there that's different than here. Like they just have, it's a different lifestyle, it's a different uh, uh, speed, and you just see and hear things you don't see and hear uh, over there that you don't see in here, you don't see in here, here. It's just a different world. And they are hearing things that they don't, that we don't hear because they are listening for God because they really have no choice. They don't, I, I joke over there, the TV volume on in Cuban TVs are two, there's two volumes, off and deafening, <laughs> right? <laughs> but they don't have big screen TVs. The kids don't have, there was no phones back then. They had to hang out with one another and, and they just heard things from God. And we saw spiritual transformation. They know we're in a spiritual warfare where we don't. And that is one element, I think, being overseas that you see, you know, different than here. Yeah, I mean, I think, Chad, what happens is we, we, we get so comfortable. We, we, everything is on autopilot here so many times in our world. And when we go to another culture, and I'm in the process of, I'm, you know, in two weeks, I'm leaving, less than two weeks, I'm leaving for uh, Western Africa. And I'm a little, um, I, I, I'm just, I didn't sleep very good last night because I'm thinking about the trip. I'm thinking about, okay, what do I need to do? Mm-hmm. And you begin to rely on God. And you try, you got to lean into him. And I think that's the beauty of what Jesus said, you know, if you're going to follow me, you got to deny yourself. But this is the kingdom life. This is the real life, the joy-filled life. And David, you talked in the break about a guy who kind of was kind of full of himself. And you kind of um, were preparing. But God did an incredible work. Tell us that story. Well, we we took this family. Uh, we took several, three families. And they all had younger children. And then there was this one older who was a senior in, in high school. And so we had team meetings, and this kid did not want to go. And his dad, like, no, you're going. You're going with your brothers and sisters, and we're going to have a good time. And <laughs> this kid would show up with his sunglasses on in our team meetings, sleeping the whole time, or he'd be on his phone the whole time, never engaged, never prayed. I'm thinking this is this is this is be, a nightmare. It's going to be a nightmare, you know. <laughs> and we call those people EGRs, extra grace required. And we thought well, it's going to be him. And so I, you, so as you're talking with Betsy, oh, your, yeah, your wife, yeah, the, oh, EGR, yeah. here we every, go. Every team has one, and so. <laughs> and if you uh, don't know who it is, it's probably you. And and, and, and th- there again, we are going spring break every year. This guy, this kid, has gone to Destin with his friends. This is his senior year. He's missing out on spring break to go to Haiti. I even tried to recruit girls his age to go on this team. I was going to pay their way just so he'd have somebody his age on this team, you know, just to help him, you know. And so that all fell through. And so we end up going. And the last night we always have the group team together and we share what what's God done to you and what, you know, how's he spoken to spoken to you. And uh, this kid speaks for the first time. Now, we met for six months. He never said a word. He speaks and he goes, y'all probably don't know this, but I didn't want to be here. And we're all like, no, really? we did not know that. And he goes, God showed me so much here. I mean, he's really touched my heart. And, and he's, you know, a tear came down. And of course, his parents are bawling and we're all crying. But it, it's just one of those things until 
I always say I have a culture shock when I go in and when I come out, you know, just to see what we take for granted in this life. But to see how God touched him and and it was like when he came back, his dad goes, man, he has a clear focus now on where he wants to go to school, what he wants to do. It was like his eyes were, you know, lifted, you know, that he could. There's something supernatural that happens when we go to a different culture and we have to, our, our, when we're, we experience, we see it, we smell it, we, we live it, we're right, right in the middle of this different culture. And it doesn't have to be halfway around the world, um, but our, God uses those moments to speak to us mm-hmm. and to transform us. And it's a powerful experience. Mm-hmm. But Blake, you have thoughts? Um, I do. I think... Um Personally, in America, I think we tend to uh, add God into what we're doing, to add Christ into what we're involved in and not make him the center of that. Um, we were recently in a Mideastern country and uh, Middle Eastern country, and we were baptizing some new believers, and the pastor, do you believe in the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost? Yes. Do you accept the Savior? Yes. Are you willing to die for Jesus? And, you know, 90 days before, one of their pastors had been kidnapped and drugged and uh, beat up and thrown out in the middle of nowhere. Didn't know, He came to and didn't know where he was in a barren area, and he tried to yell out and realized they'd cut his tongue out. And so many of them that were in the church had been arrested in prison three to five years, um, solitary confinement for a year. Um, we tend to baptize and say, are you willing to give 10%? You know, And so... There's a big difference between saying, are you willing to die for Jesus or are you willing to give your 10%? There's a, mm-hmm. And we in America are so so lensed into that view that for us to be, have an opportunity to get outside of that and be with those that have to be all in because of circumstances gives us opportunity to see the Spirit at work in ways that we don't get to see clearly here. We can see it here. But it's, it seems to be so much easier to see there. Blake, talk to our listeners who are maybe have never been on a missions trip. Talk to them from, from your perspective. Hmm. Uh, my first trip was because someone tapped me on the shoulder and said, you need to do this with me. If someone comes to you and says, hey, I want you to go with me, to the neighboring state or a neighboring country or around the world, listen to it, pray through it. God may be asking you to look outside of yourself. And for us to decline an opportunity like that um, would be missing so much of who he is and what he has to show us. Um, So important that we're able to get away from the routine and, uh, and step into another country to be able to, um, or another city to be able to see things through a clear lens that things are new to us. All of the things we assumed are no longer relevant anymore. And we have to re-experience and redefine where we are and what we can do. And God becomes a part of that if that's the purpose we're there for. And suddenly we see him in a new light because we're able to shed those scales are removed, and we see it not through what we've been raised in, but through a through a different culture. Yeah, 
I'm reminded of my first missions trip, and I'm it's on the equator. It's hot as all get out. There's no air conditioning. Mosquitoes are everywhere. Malaria. I'm in a mos- under a mosquito net every night. I'm sweating as I sleep, and I I am so grateful for that trip. My eyes were opened as never before, mm-hmm. and um, I rejoice in and being able to count those people that I have now prayed for for 30 years and I've never been back I'd love to go back but um and maybe maybe that might happen maybe it won't but I'm forever grateful for what God did in the heart of of me and uh that's the I love that uh, what you guys are sharing but guys our time is up our time has flown Mm -hmm. by David, would you pray for us guys that we would uh, step out of our comfort zone and and if it means a missions trip across the city or maybe across the world that we would follow God's lead. Would you pray for us? Yeah, I'd love to. Father, it's it's not an accident of who's listening right now. And uh, God, just hearing the stories, I'm it just stirs in my heart again how how you work um, in our hearts and uh, how you just want us to be a willing vessel, Lord. That um, it's so easy to say I'll 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 give I'll pray, but to go, uh, that's when you really experience uh, when you surrender all. And Lord, I pray uh, those that are listening now that they'll just. Uh, open their hearts and their ears to to hear you or that tap on the shoulder of maybe somebody that needs to go. Mm. Lord, would you speak to their hearts now? Mm. In Jesus' name, amen. So we uh, we thank you for listening. And uh, boy, I, I hope that if you are listening and you're saying, hey, I, I'd like to go on a mission trip and people always want, well, what's my next step? And I, I always say the first step is look up and ask God what's your first step and I will... Almost can ass- I not can I can assure you that you're going to get that next step, whether it's a person tapping you on your shoulder, whether it's a message in your church, or you're going to run across someone saying, "Hey, I'm thinking about going on a mission trip." I encourage you to go. It will change your perspective forever. You will look at other people around the world differently, uh, in a good way. And uh, you know, God is not a white American. Uh, he made us in His image, but uh, everyone you see is made in God's image. So we, uh, we mission trips can do a wonderful thing uh, in your worldview. So thank you for listening, and uh, we'd love to have you listen and pass this along to someone else. And thank you again for listening to Solid Steps Radio.